0: Well, Brent is gay, and Kalen's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo
1: Superior, Issue One Seventy Six. I'm Kalen. I'm Clark.
0: I'm Ryan. I'm Adam, and I'm Brent Wingate. And this week we're continuing our celebration of Black History Month with a profile of Milestone Comics. We go over the ever-expanding Wandavision universe with its Episode Six. Mortal Kombat has a trailer. Wonder Girl doesn't, and Constantine is coming back. Plus, whatever other news or whatever. Oh, and Clark's got something short. Watch out. And as always, this week's issues. Okay, let's get into um, uh, Milestone Comics. It's Kaylin.
1: Great. Uh, So to celebrate Black History Month, um, DC Comics is bringing back a uh, celebrated but much maligned, in my opinion, imprint called Milestone Comics. It was originally launched in the early 90s Creators like Dwayne McDuffie, Dennis Cohen, and others uh, that focused on a small core of books, most of which the protagonists were Black or other persons of color. And they kind of dealt with like certain archetypes, like, you know, Superman, Spider Man, so on and so forth, and then kind of twisted them to make it part of like the the Black experience. So instead of Superman, who had Icon, who was also an alien who had come to Earth. Uh, but it was really focused on his sidekick Rocket, who was a young woman, uh, also who was black, and um, you know about like how they interacted with one another. Um, Static, which is probably the most popular character from Milestone, he had his own animated series in late '90s, early '2000s um, uh, called Static Shock, was mm-hmm. basically the story of like Spider-Man or another young superhero getting powers. Uh, and having to like balance superhero uh, activities with his day-to-day life, like going to school, with stuff with his family, you know, his dating life, so on and so forth. Uh, It was really good. The art was gorgeous. The coloring uh, like really stood out uh, in the comics when compared to other comics being come out at the time. And the fact that this was happening in the early nineties when we had a lack of diversity in creators, a lack of diversity in uh in in superhero comics or comics just in general this was such a breath of fresh air dc kind of fucked it up at times uh because they integrated milestone into the regular dc universe dc does that when they accumulate other imprints like with wildstorm charlton so on and so forth and it some of them kind of work some of them didn't like they made static like a team titan cool great but I think what made it work was like they were their own universe telling their own stories. And so uh, coming this uh, late spring or summer, there'll be a digital uh, uh, like number zero issue, like kind of uh, uh, creating a rebirth of the milestone universe. They're going to like focus much more on uh, things like police brutality, stuff that's much more relevant for, for today's time. And then it'll lead into new comics coming out a little bit later this year, including Static, Static, Icon, and so on and so forth, and including a new character named Duo uh, by an Asian-American writer, Greg Pak. We've read some of his stuff, including um, his Weapon X, which wasn't so great. We didn't love it, but (laughs) he is actually a very good writer. Uh, So uh, I'm just, like, loving the fact that Milestone's back. I hope they can make it work this time. Some of it will be digital first, uh, which I like because that's the way I read the comics, so... Uh, just really happy that
0: uh, they've announced this for
1: Black History Month.
0: Great. Did uh, Did any of you guys watch Static Shock? Oh, I watched yeah. some of it. I don't remember
2: how much though. I yeah, think I was a little was... too old at the time. Yeah. I, I thought for, I, I'm it's... younger and more beautiful, and
3: so <laughs> I watched um, a lot of it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was fun.
0: Uh, to me, it's like an interesting kind of uh, case study, you know, about like there's always these discussions. Like, well, if we make a movie or a TV show with a Black lead, will it sell to audiences? And, you know, Static Shock had, like, a nice four-year run um, that was... And it was relatively popular. Yeah. And for me as, like, a viewer, it, it, I was, like, a kid. It didn't really matter what the person's race was who was leading. Right. It's almost like, you know, if you start early enough, these kinds of questions about is there a market there don't really matter to kids. What they care about is, is it fun? Is it awesome? Is it interesting? Um, And we could do a lot better as far as production goes by just making this content more available, especially to children. Totally. I
1: mean, Black Panther showed that it clearly does because one, like there's an untapped market um, with persons of color and, you know, especially in the black community, but also you have, like, white people will go see stuff. It's like, if it's good, yeah. if it's well done, like, they will, like, it's just, it's not, it's not a big deal. I, I really do hope that they they can make it work. There's just so many great stories being told. And De- Dwayne McDuffie, who is one of the original writers, unfortunately passed away a number of years ago, uh, was really well respected in both the comics and the animated world, because he was the head writer for the Justice League cartoon uh, in the early 2000s, uh, which many of us watched and loved, both Justice League, and Justice League Unlimited. So like that guy just knew how to write um, like uh, team books really well, or team stories really well. Uh, He just sorely missed that he, like it's sad that he isn't alive to be part of this, but I am excited for the other creators that they're gonna bring in.
0: Same. Uh, Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Um, So moving on, uh, things get oh so spoopsy in (laughs) last week's episode of WandaVision, titled All New Halloween Spooktacular. Uh, it's the 90s, and Tommy and Billy start to share some powers. Wanda and Pietro get some good sibling time, and Vision gets a better look of the neighborhood. Oh, and just like the 90s, all computer uh, safety is the same, and Darcy's able, able to hack into the system with only a degree in astrophysics. Um, so I want to start. Uh, what, do you get, what do you guys think are the biggest takeaways and what are the littlest ones? Uh, uh, do
2: you and I have the same thing? I think they've sk- they skipped the '90s entirely. Yeah, this is the 2000s now. It starts off with um, Malcolm, in called, Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle. What's it called?
4: Malcolm in the Middle is
2: what we're seeing. Oh, like, oh, like, I think Malcolm we, in the Middle
0: was a '90s no. show. Two, Two, we, January 2000.
2: In, uh, okay. when we saw the '80s episode, remember how the kids suddenly aged themselves like six years? That was the '90s. Suddenly, yeah. we became '90s within the same episode. I fucked up. Kaylin. no no, <laughs> not your fault i mean i i didn't it took me a well while to it, understand why the fuck we missed the 90s too because we were begging, banking on full house showing up and it didn't well, show up. well that None was but the 80s value.
4: one was like a full it was really it was very full house i thought like that's it, what i'm
2: saying it starts yeah. out of, some of the 80s clearly with um it's a crossover yeah family ties and then shot over to 90s and then suddenly right. in the same episode yeah you're doing
1: so the rationale for that um is like if you did like a 90s sitcom like Full House, which started in the late 80s, but mostly in the 90s, it wouldn't be dramatically different from Family Ties. I think they were trying to do like different types of, of sitcoms, like uh, of like how they were filmed, how they like appear to audiences like Malcolm in the Middle was such a departure from sitcoms before it and then an arrest development a little bit later on. There was no laugh track. It was a single cam- camera sitcom versus a three camera sitcom. Um, it looked so, so different and it was a success unto itself. So I was pleasantly surprised that they went with this pastiche instead of going with what I predicted would be full house with, um, uh, Pietro slash Peter playing the uncle Jesse character. I think him playing like the, uh, the older brother character, Malcolm, the middle worked out really well. Like just being a sloppy man child. That's like kind of a bad influence on the kids. But there were so many wonderful Easter eggs, uh, which I'm not gonna go over because I know Ryan is just dying to talk about the twins. So Ryan, go for it. You know I'm into twins, um, <laughs> unrelated to the show. But I will say, I
3: completely agree. Um, they they did skip over a few things. Um, because Disney is Disney and they own our entire childhood and basically us through all of corporate America, like they are so good at getting ahead of so many things. And so be- weeks before uh, this episode came out, they, they issued a statement saying like, well, we're not going to do full house because we don't want to actively take a nod at the Olsen twins. Because uh, I think that, you know, uh, being siblings, like they didn't want to ma- take you too much out of the MCU world, um, which I mean, good, good on them for like getting ahead of it. But uh, but yeah, it, I did just want
4: a little bit
3: more of a nod, just like I I don't know something to the Olson twins would have been super fun. Yeah. With that all with that all said, I think as this series goes along, I think it's getting better and better. I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying like it. It's picking up speed. Um, we now know that these episodes are going to be an hour long going forward, so it's. It's, it's very exciting. I, I'm digging this. And anytime you theme it with like Halloween or something like that, I think it's such a better episode of anything. So I'm, I, I'm loving it.
0: Do you like that? uh, Basically there are two sets of Olsen twins already in the show. Yeah. So it's like an unsubtle nod, but yeah, but it's
3: kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny.
0: The way that they've done Easter eggs in this, I think um, is, the, especially with the costumes and the set, um, is really excellent. It's, I think, a way of giving fan service without sucking yourself into looking incredibly stupid. Like Quicksilver's hair mm-hmm. looks absolutely atrocious, oh, but it ma- it makes for a a, a a healthy enough nod to the comics and his style and be like, this is why we can't do this. We can't, we shouldn't make Wolverine's hair look <laughs> like it's like peeling into a giant spire. Block of seagulls. Um, vision, being able to do the original Scarlet Witch costume, the vision costume, and, you know, embracing some of the hokiness of, of trying to translate that, I thought was very, very smart. Kalen?
1: Um, we knew that like the Scarlet Witch and uh, vision costumes were coming because we saw the trailers. The costume I got actually really excited for is when I saw Wiccan, aka Billy, yes. for the first yeah. time. I lost my goddamn mind. That was a good Easter egg. a An Easter egg that made me groan is when Wanda repeats something that Pietro <laughs> says and goes, <laughs> kick ass, which is oh. a reference to the yes. uh, actor who played the original Quicksilver. He was in the movie for Kick Ass based on a comic book by uh, Mark Millar and John Romita Jr. And I was like, God, as, Damn it. As this well as, is stupid.
2: As well as, as Peters was in it also. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's um, what I meant.
1: Yeah, the original. Oh, they yeah. were both in it? Yeah, no. Both, both, both Quicksilvers,
2: yeah.
1: Oh, no shit. I didn't Final realize role. that. I haven't yeah. seen a movie. I haven't now seen Now it's a better and, like, reference came out. <laughs> it, it, yeah, now I now I kind of like it, but um, yeah, I, right. I like that. Um, and I don't know if it was a, like a true reference or a red herring of when we saw Agnes like basically like at the car at the stop sign. Dressed as a witch, is it like, mm-hmm. oh, are they hinting that she's really Agatha Harkness or is it just a red herring? I, thought
0: she I think it's, a, I think it's a pickled herring, Kaylin. Oh my God.
4: <laughs> More uh, I'm leaving this podcast. Uh,
1: nice knowing you guys.
4: <laughs> Adam. Uh, I really appreciate the recast. I really enjoy Evan Peters. I think their dynamic is actually super strong. Like just the whole experience of them kind of going back and forth, comparing notes on their accents, like the writing was on point. Uh, and then the character interactions have been were really strong, and I think you're right, Ryan, that there's it's just such a great engine, like it just keeps moving, and I'm so excited. And like I I rewatched the episode today, and I'm like, I'll rewatch all of these right before the finale. Like I'm just <laughs> like they're super digestible, super interesting, and and uh, even Darcy is digestible for me. I know some people don't like her as much, but I enjoy it, and she's got either she's really grown out her hair, cat Dennings, or she's got great weaves because. It's like incredible how much hair she has in that show. Uh, Clark?
2: <laughs> um, I've, I've, I've been liking the, um, not the recast because of the recast, but the fact that we're not quite sure what version of either right. one of them is going on at the same time. The fact that he's using the Quicksilver of MCU's powers instead of his own. You know, we're not doing that weird music slow-mo nonsense fest that the Fox ones did. And the the accents going back and forth between all of, both of them at all times. <laughs> My favorite moment—you've uh, you've already said it—in terms of the costume, but in terms of the the moment that Wiccan, we know he has some sort of ability. Yes, like he hears his father that that thing. I that was like uh, that's that was my kick-ass moment. I I thought it was interesting <laughs> that he
3: he wasn't doing in the same way that he does it in the comics. He wasn't using his ability where he just repeats <laughs> the same thing over and over again, like most of us we do. Yeah, but like. Uh, he didn't actually do that he just used a flick of the like wrist because he's gay um and he, he stopped his brother <laughs> you know what i mean so like i thought i thought that was kind of cool and see i want to see how his magic changes over the series
4: brent adam i was just gonna say that casting is spot on because i like that i don't know gay. where that kid's gonna grow that but kid is that gay as fuck to me and i love it i want that kid to be nothing but successful we are all that kid
0: right uh-huh. Is it, is it, so I want to ask a question. Is it a, is it a bridge too far uh, to think that there is something to the title All New? Uh, Or is that just, is it just a TV convention or is it a slight nod to X-Men?
1: Well, it's not just X-Men. All New has come up in other forms in marvel as an adjective originally it was all new all different so but they've done all new like in in when and other and other things as well like a new has become an adjective like new avengers you know new mutants obviously so um it might be the the one the one other um like kind of you started that made me like chuckle but also roll my eyes is like when they're walking in the town square they see that the marquee on the movie theater and it's playing the incredibles which came out in 2004 and the parent trap uh, which came out in 1998 uh, one is a movie about a superhero family the second is a movie about twins trading trading places like I'm like okay this is a little too cutesy for your own good but I, I enjoyed it because it it definitely put in the context of when this is supposed to be taking place which is like you know early 2000s
0: there's right? a there's an internet theory that uh, Wanda's having a hard time keeping what time period It is straight because also in this episode, we saw Tommy with a Minecraft uh, uh, logo on his hat, which only came out in like 2011. Uh, Clark? I I thought you
2: were just gonna stop and say the internet was questioning whether she's having a hard time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe she should just suck it up, come on. So Um, I had a
2: question, Kalen, you might know, Um, or what my thought was. I feel like this is somewhat heading towards like, you know, white vision from the, yeah. West, the, great, the West Coast uh, Avengers, West Avengers, West Coast Avengers. Um, when he gets totally reprogrammed and loses all memory. Like, I didn't really realize that was even close to being what was going on until he went through and doesn't, well, met her, and he doesn't remember anything about the Avengers, doesn't remember a goddamn thing when he's talking to Agnes, when he shuts her down for a minute. It feels like he has to have
3: some sort of change and, like, not be the vision that went into this universe, obviously, because he's fucking dead. But, you know, like... <laughs> But, like, it, it does feel like if he's going to come out of this, he's going to be very different. They're going to be separated. And that separation might even make her, I don't like to use this term, but crazier. You know what I mean? But, like, it it feels that way. They're going in that direction with it. do
1: Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, just to address what what Clark said. Um, the reference from the previous episode where you saw the footage of Wanda breaking into the sword facilities to, like, get Vision's remains was taken from the Vision Quest storyline West Coast mm-hmm. Avengers that John Byrne did, which set up like Vision going through his transformation and going from like the the green and yellow body to the um to the white body where he lost Simon Williams's like um, memories and his personality and became very much a robot. Clark?
2: Yeah. Do do we think that he's been modified by sword in any way then because in the west coast avengers it was a mortis that actually changed it, and then he was taken over by the government and then they did what the fuck they wanted to do with him um, i don't know if it's just that he died that he doesn't remember shit or if it's you know yeah, it means- losing the soul jim you know losing your soul blah 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 or if he's been modified by shield in any way
0: it, the mind so gem. they
2: have this whole top secret project going on and we don't know what that is yet. But Darcy knows now, but no, she's not anymore because she's in another world. <laughs> now she's fudge. a fucking
0: clown.
4: Well,
2: Fudging right.
0: clown.
4: Fudging clown. <laughs> Everyone really did become clowns. And then I was rewatching the episode and I was just like, there's kind of not a whole lot that Wanda can do to come back from this to not be a villain in what most people's minds are. I mean, these people are literally crying while being mechanically programmed <laughs> to hang up laundry or christmas lights or halloween stuff it's just like yeah having seen that scene again i'm like oh yeah this is a there's not really an explanation for this that's good even if it's just my husband died and i had a little bit of a mental breakdown but i'm okay now ryan
3: yeah even if they do the like oh she was her powers were out of control and she couldn't do anything eh, it feels like she did it feels like she did sort of actively do stuff. But with that said, it like she does like people online are like, well now she's a villain great. She's going to be a future villain. And you're like, yeah, cuz she's just a villain now. Doesn't make her unsympathetic or right. interesting as a character or not even an avenger,
2: honestly.
1: The I, best villains are the ones who are sympathetic and you can see right. their points of view.
3: True.
2: Clark? Clark? Um I mean, I don't know if they're going to take her down that route fully. In this episode, she was talking about how she doesn't know how she's doing these things anymore. I don't think she's both in control physically or mentally in in any way anymore. She might have been in control and been kind of a big shithead about body trapping people for the last five episodes, but I think it's gone way beyond her now.
4: Well, and I was going to say, as a person who has just finished Age of Ultron rewatching I am still livid that nobody's fucking holding Tony Stark accountable for creating Ultron. So yeah. I, I have an ax to grind with how they write, like, Oh, they did something wrong, but they're heroes. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, they so can it's... easily pull that page again. Like they normally, like they've done before. So we'll see what happens.
1: He, he's a martyr now. Like he saved the universe. So yeah. they're That's like, ah, uh, Ultron, whatever. That was, I don't even, I barely remember that movie. <laughs> Well, thankfully, no one else
4: does either because it wasn't a good
0: one. <laughs> um, number no, first of all, fat. Second, uh,
4: <laughs> I second. I, oh my God, yes, I love it.
0: Second, I I think that uh, blaming Tony Stark for all of it is a little bit unfair because obviously Bruce Banner does a little bit deserves a little bit of blame, but also they didn't think that they were anywhere close to creating Ultron. That mostly comes from the mind Stone. Um, and the, I also think that in the same way that the Mind Stone kind of possessed everyone on in the Avengers um, in that, that room scene, I think, I think that it could have been doing the same thing with Tony and Bruce Banner to helping create some vehicle to move the Mindstone Stone into a, a, a sentient body.
4: Well, and I do think there's going to be, like, a gateway. I just don't think they're all going to put it, they're going to put all of it on Wanda. Something is controlling. I think you're right. If, it, if it's, like, her her powers got out of control, that's also understandable. Like, it, the show obviously started in one place and is now in a very different place. Um, I, I did find it fascinatingly sad about that, like, when they look at the map, and they're just like, wait, these people aren't moving. And I was like, ooh, that's, ro-. like, it was just a very, like, It's a great kind of experience. I was like, man, this can get really dark if you think about it.
2: So can we talk Uh, about Island Skeleton Boys? (laughs) What?
0: Oh, yeah. Yo, yo, magic.
2: Oh, yes. Commercial, the
3: yoga commercial. Let's break this down. Okay. what, What is that? I mean, obviously my new favorite go commercial, but other than that, like, what the fuck is it? Like, what? Wow. Okay.
1: But- um, I think it's an indication that, um, like, what Wanda is doing to all the people in the town, they can't escape. Like, yeah. it is, it's like, they're stuck on an island. Uh, they cannot even, like, uh, get nourishment or any sustenance and they are just withering away, like if not in body, at least in soul and mind.
3: I just meant, why was it
1: strawberry flavored? What <laughs> red, oh, because uh, strawberry is the worst. The best. It's the
0: best. <laughs> um, well, uh, with that, we should probably move on. Um, of course, we're going to review a lot more of WandaVision, and uh, allegedly, over the next three episodes, they will each be an hour long. Which, if true, will be uh, truly stunning. Um, <laughs> But uh, with that, Mm newsflash. Okay, so Mortal Kombat had a trailer. Um, It will be available in theaters and HBO Max April 16th. Given the trailer, what's the most we can hope to get out of it? Does it look good enough to make you get over here and watch it? Mm -hmm.
1: Adam should definitely weigh in, yeah.
4: Thank you. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I was Take waiting for the get over here, Brent, and you just really didn't deliver it to me, so I was a bit taken off guard. Um, I'm not an actor. <laughs> oh, we know. Um, but <laughs> uh, So, yeah, immediate thoughts are love the action, love the red band, definitely where this needs to go and evolve to based on A, where the games have gone, but also obviously where general sensibilities have gone to as well. I just think back to, like, how ridiculous, um, you know, people were trying to, we had the, the fucking, like, ESR, ERSB, the ratings board was created because of these stupid little pixel graphics ripping heads off. Like, that was something that was that bad <laughs> compared to where we are today. Um, but overall, yeah, it looks good. I'm excited. The acting seems clean. The, the action seems, on, like I said, I'm a little concerned for this, like, Cole character. So Cole is a completely new character invented for the movie there's all sorts of rumors of like he could take over scorpion's mantle at some point or maybe this be original sub-zero or even be johnny cage it's all bullshit obviously it's screen rant garbage but i'm like i hate why they can't just stick to like really strong like as much as ridiculous camp the original movie was and even as terrible as the second movie was annihilation at least they like really kind of followed along with the game storyline. And if you've played any of the games more recently, since Mortal Kombat 9, the storylines are actually really good. And there's like, you're watching a movie while playing a fighting game. And I almost wish they would have just thought to use like Mortal Kombat 9's rebooted plotline. So at the end of 8, they basically like cleaned house and just rebooted the entire universe to tell Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3 storylines within Mortal Kombat 9 to make a few changes. And it, it was just a fantastic game and story mode. And I, I almost wish I could see a little bit more on that screen, but I'm, I'm withholding my judgment. I'm so fucking excited that it's going to be on HBO Max and not, not have
0: to go to a theater either. Uh, Brent? I think uh, there's something about it that's like, you know, obviously very similar to Bloodsport, but I, I hate how a movie like this or like Kong or Godzilla, they feel this need to create... Uh, a particular kind of origin story narrative that I don't think that you need to have people buy into. Like Bloodsport, it kind of should just start with the fighting, That's, that's where we're at. And then you learn about the characters through their conflict. And maybe movie to movie, you have, you know, you're focusing on one character and their perspective. And while it's, you know, Mortal Kombat, the degree to which anyone really needs to die, permadeath, uh you know is is isn't necessary Clark um this looks I was really excited and I was the
2: one to post it on our on our slack yeah. earlier today and as soon as I saw it I was like this is paint by numbers bullshit yeah like some rando cute hot lead I mean Lewis Tan is hot and Into the Badlands was a great show until, until it wasn't but um so I'm really excited to see him I don't there was some mm. sexual window there in my mind that didn't come out but it did. And um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> or, really excited to see you over there. Yeah. And, and um but you know, I mean Johnny Cage isn't going to be in this one. It's already been announced he's going to be the second one if there is one. So sure. he's so they're just going to basically make Louis Tan be both Johnny Cage and in, in the romantic setup. He's definitely going to hook up with Sonya because they 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 can't not have some sort of slapdash shit romance in these kind of movies. Uh, the, the action looks great. I'm excited for that. I want to see some people's heads getting crushed. But, it, okay. I'm glad it's free for me because I, we already pay for HBO Max.
4: I was so going to say, the fact that they blew off Jax's arms two seconds into the trailer yeah, is when I was fixing. like, yes! This is fucking awesome! <laughs> Red band.
3: Uh, Ryan. <laughs> this is inherently 90s. And the, I mean, we have to lean into it a little bit. I mean, if you talk about cable, you talk about how nineties he is. Right. (laughs) And, and fucking mortal Kombat's the same goddamn way. So with that in mind, I like that it feels like they found a script from the (laughs) nineties and just went, blew off some dust. And they're like, what's what's this? We're just going to use this. And then the, the graphics look great. And the acting does look a lot better than the earlier Mortal Kombat movies. But it still looks super 90s. And I think it's okay to embrace that. So I'm pretty damn excited for this. I'm really pumped. Kalen, what do you think?
1: So if it's like Cable, then there's going to be like teenage versions of these characters to replace the ones that actually exist, right? I hope to make it they'll to... be better. But... Enough about Mortal Kombat. Bring Street Fighter back because I just want to see Kylie Minogue as Cammy. Oh, you motherfuckers! Man. That's all I
4: want. Uh, I do have a ridiculous pop culture shout-out uh, that apparently Jezebel posted an article that they had to, because they were like, "Why isn't Chun Li in Mortal Kombat?" <laughs> and thankfully, everyone corrected them. To be like,
2: what the oh, fuck are you not... doing and talking about? And what, I love that's a Jezebel great
4: article. But was I was it, like, was, what was, was, was the it? Some fucker?
2: sort of. Think piece, some sort of liberal. No, they didn't
4: connect the dots. The editor was like, the editor's (laughs) note is wait, we quickly realized why Chudley is not a normal cop.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But that's a quick Google
4: check that they could have (laughs) done. Hey, That's a, why that, isn't Zelda in this movie? Uh,
0: that does sound like a reductrous headline though. <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn
1: read my mind. I was about to say that, Brent. Oh my God. All right, why don't we move on? So um, looks like they're gonna be rebooting John Constantine uh, based on uh, Bad Robot, J.J. Abrams' production company. Uh, it's supposed to be rooted in the darker origin of his, uh, like from the comics. And it's supposed to be linked to uh, the Justice League Dark TV series as well, but there's no word on whether it's going to interact with the Peacemaker series on HBO Max that's going to be a spinoff of Suicide Squad or the Gotham um, series that's supposed to be an offshoot of Matt Reeves' Batman. Um, This is now the third
2: version of Constantine that we're going to see in this
1: medium. Like We had the the Keanu Reeves version. We had the British version that was on the CW shows. (laughs) (laughs)
4: He's
1: still on, Brad. too. Yeah. Is, is he on uh, uh, Legends of Tomorrow? I yeah. haven't watched that show. Yeah. and Well, ever, really. I never watched it. Um, <laughs> but um, so apparently they're looking for a non-white lead for the role of Constantine, which makes me excited. Like, recast him. You can still make him British, but he doesn't necessarily need to be a white guy with blonde hair, as Alan Moore and Stephen Bissett uh, originally envisioned him back in the early 80s. But what would you like to see here?
0: Brent. Um, just a quick note: um, Sources say that they are specifically looking for a non-white actor to play the role, um, which I think is exciting news. Um,
1: yes, I I did say that, Brent.
0: <laughs> Sorry, but, you, but you, it did, it deserves to be
1: repeated. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. It Sorry, is Black you, History Month, so thanks for saying say, thanks for saying it again.
0: My my uh, internet isn't great, so. Well, oh, but you okay. are,
3: but you are, Brent. <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I don't know. Sorry enough about the project or you know the to actually get on board with the pitch game other than the fact that i know that all bisexuals aren't sloppy but i want him to be a sloppy 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 bisexual in it
1: yes i want him to fuck anything and everything that moves um i i would like the show i because i'm probably the biggest constant fan on this podcast i want it to really kind of delve more into british politics Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's what really made it sing originally like when uh alan moore created the character but jamie delano like uh wrote the the first like 40 some odd issues of the comic uh and it was very much a reaction to margaret thatcher and the tories uh controlling parliament at the time so it was uh i think really really well done and now i think you could have a constantine that like maybe comments on brexit and, like what's happening with the you know vis-a-vis the EU, what's happening within the UK vis-a-vis Scotland and all that and like I think like like not shying away from that would make it would make it uh, um, much more unique compared to the previous versions that we've already seen uh, in in both TV and in, in cinema.
4: Um, if you if you had watched legends of tomorrow you would know that that show delicately handles the geopolitical climate of british it's it's just like democrats and republicans (laughs) right (laughs) Adam? along with giant furby toys that become the end bosses at the end for their season no they don't do any of that shit i do think that the actor that was playing him in the was it was it cbs where they had constantine first then they moved it to cw yeah I, again, I love the recast. I think it's great. I do want them to kind of find someone who does mimic that kind of style or I guess panache. I thought the actor was very strong. I think totally let's get some, get some new blood in it. Um, but I think certainly more than uh, Keanu Reeves, it was certainly much more sold, I should say. And it's what I, again, my biggest experience with Constantine is through all of um, Tom Taylor's work with Injustice and otherwise. And he writes them super well. And that's what I was like. I don't care who the person is, I just want them to represent. That's how I see it, but I don't, you know, that's what I really like and I'd love to see on screen more.
1: Well, Adam, if you didn't know by now, they're looking for a non-white lead to play (laughs) Constantine. (laughs) But in seriousness, in all seriousness, I do think it would be really smart also to kind of go into what um, uh, non-white Britons, like what they have to deal with, Mm -hmm. you know, within a society that, you know, colonized them like you know several decades ago several centuries ago um you know having a young indian or pakistani like constantine would be fucking great having a young african uh constantine would be absolutely phenomenal and like how like he would have to navigate that you know vis-a-vis a a society that where he's integrated into into british society but like you know is the result of, of colonization i think that would be really 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 smart
4: love it it's very original
1: ryan
3: Also, he should just be British as fuck, too. Because I've seen the CW, like, I just want him to lean into it even more. I'm talking like Doctor Who in the 70s, British. Like, that fucking British. Like, I want his teeth to be fucked fucked up. up. Oh, the
0: big
1: book of British smiles.
3: Got it. (laughs) He he is good at his job, but he is a sloppy bitch, and we need to see that.
0: He colonizes other TV shows by showing up in them.
3: I hope he colonizes me, too.
0: (laughs) Ooh.
4: Spicy. Colonizes right. you. It will be colonizes you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Adam, do you, want, do you
1: want to take us away on the next uh, agenda yeah, item or the next?
4: Out, flipping over to TV news, it looks like the CW won't be picking up the Wonder Girl series by Dalen Rodriguez. Unfortunately, the show would have been an origin story by Yana Flora, the daughter of a Brazilian river god and an Amazonian, and she would have been the first Latina superhero headlining a show. Why do you think CW made this decision? I don't. I know that the pilot, I think, got leaked. I didn't have a chance to, I didn't really look it over. Um, or you know, is it a combination of a doubt of Future State, which is the comic kind of series that she's coming from? Are there changes for their model for superhero shows? Or is it just like, they actually also pulled back, I know the um, Birds of Prey pilot or that kind of like jump pilot got canceled. Yeah. So just what are your all's thoughts? I think Clark, I feel like you're the most- No, it- Ryan was first. Them. Okay. Um,
3: the, the script leaked. And it was terrible. I think that's why they it was truly bad. <laughs> I read just portions of it and oh no. yikes. It was like, not good. Okay, I'm glad you said stuff first. Like what? Give me give me some sort of thing. I don't want I don't want to don't right. get into it because I'm trying not to shit on things All as right. much. Next podcast, my you need to you need to print that off
2: and we're gonna just <laughs> blow the and we
3: do, and a, do a dramatic reading. So, I would be yeah. into that. Okay, I'll
2: find it. So it's awful. What was so your, I just your didn't thoughts and why it was happening in the first place? Um, back, I mean the her 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 visual is fucking awesome, and I would like to see a series based on that alone. But the yeah. fact that she didn't even have any issues in the can before they decided to create a t- television show based off of her is very strange. That you're gonna like create a character in a TV show and a comic at the same time, and yeah. hopefully the they're kind of the same because it's gonna be different writers and different every single thing, producers, editor, every single thing. It's, the whole thing's very odd.
0: that's synergy, Clark.
2: Yeah, but it's synergy, but, but it's the WB where well, synergy means nothing, and it's yeah, WB show all the time. <laughs> the WB,
4: yeah, no, it's a triangulation of a lot of bad marketing mix. Like I completely understand the desire to want to have more uh, Latino and Latina superheroes, um, and I just think it's like it's it's it is a tough sell, and I, it's disappointing that it couldn't get over that that hump. I think, and you know, maybe there'll be a better That's opportunity where they could put more future state collectively together as a package as opposed to just sort of this one time side deal Kayla?
1: Yeah I think um, to Clark's point like just kind of stop with the CW like the arrow versus the CW versus they've rebranded it like it, it's fun but it doesn't it, it, you can't handle like, like what I consider like serious racial issues serious political issues like in a smart way like move that shit to HBO Max yeah. give it some real attention love and talent and you can do the synergy. Like, I'm excited that this character is going to be in comics. I think, um, you know, uh, finding different ways to, like, share the legacy of, like, certain uh, characters is what makes DC work so well. And they're trying to do that again with Future State. Like, I think I've I've talked about before, like, the next Batman's a lot of fun. John Ridley, who is also a, a Black writer uh, who I absolutely adore, like, has done a really nice job with this. Like, make it, make it work. Don't fucking just, you know like slack dash like you know throw it up there and see like if it's going to happen or not obviously that's not going to happen
2: also we we are we would have had that we would have had the new superman and lois lane one we are going to have Ava Duvernay's new naomi tv show Mm. and the birds of prey there's not enough real estate on the cw for all this stuff i don't know something's going to have to be dropped and then they chose to not go with this Well, so mean, lat- Ava DuVernay has, has quite a better reputation than whoever right. these people are that we're dealing with right now.
1: For sure. So last week we talked about uh, Gina Carano being fired off of uh, Mandalorian, and any spinoff show by Disney for her awful, awful, awful presence on social media and her awful comments, and just how awful she is generally. There were some uh, a- a- initial story, uh, uh, stories out there that like the character of Cara Dune would get recast, but Disney, I think smartly, decided we're not going to recast her. We're just going to write her off the show. So, Adam, the way you did it, she died on her way back to her home (laughs) planet, which is Alderaan, which was destroyed in episode four. That's coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. So a question for all of you, and I'm going to start with Ryan because he's the biggest Star Wars fan here. Which mercenary bounty hunter type would you want to see recast, or not recast, but which character would you want to be bringing in the role that she would fill in the future uh, projects?
3: I... I, I think because they were building something, right? Her, there's her Alderon backstory. There's that she used to fight for the war. There's, there's stuff they were building on. So they definitely have plot threads that they were thinking about at the time. With that said, now that she died in a mysterious fire that no one needs to talk about, <laughs> I think what they should do is like bring on a relative of hers or something like that. So that something, a a good friend of hers, something that connects that character and that backstory to them. But because the writers did write something for her. With that said, I would love to see an actual goddamn alien on the Mandalorian as a main character because we never see that shit. Um, I don't think you should lean into the bounty hunter Uh, idea because we're going to see a lot of that in Boba Fett. So I think you should have an original character, maybe her aunt. I don't know. Um, But like (laughs) an original character be on the show that has some sort of relation to her, but we can say, Oh, I knew that girl. She had giant guns and then move the fuck on. And then you, that is the new character point of view that we have to go, go through or give what's his face, all the lines, (laughs) not the Mandalorian, Carl Weathers, give him all the fucking lines.
0: Right. Right. I think it'd be interesting to see a, um, you know, we've seen some of the dogmatic people uh, who fight still for like the empire, but to have like a domatic, like sheriff type ranger who, you know, really believes in trying to inform order kind of interacting with, you know, this, uh, the Mandalorian who is good, but, uh, you know, breaks what this ranger would think of as rules. So they constantly have this conflict about what's the right way of doing something. Um, But they're like a really competent, you know, kind of uh, official. Taylor.
1: Ladies, we have that character and Brent, I'm so glad you said it. It could be the one thing that they could have kind of brought in from episode nine, which we all knew was a piece of shit, but you had the former stormtrooper, the woman who might have been Lando Calrissian's daughter or not, she could have broken away from uh, the Empire or uh, the fledgling First Order to become that character. Somebody who is trying to do the right thing, but is trying to impose order maybe in the wrong way. So you have, you know, you, you build in that connection with the sequel trilogy. You've got, you know what? I let's see another person of color being on one of these shows. Um, Unfortunately, she's not an alien, Ryan. So I'm sorry. So she won't have like four, four tentacles on her. How old is she? Hey, she um, I don't know, like late 20s, early 30s. Who cares? Um,
2: didn't this take place before?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So the, but the only, it would the only be like problem nine. is
3: she would be very young.
4: Yeah, but this is the retcon where the Calrissians have slow-aging blood oh. because of the midichlorian
2: injection uh, that they yes. got. And Back- Cara
4: Dune died when
1: Alderaan <laughs> blew up like 20 years ago. I don't want before, them to even so say time. the name
2: Cara Dune.
3: I don't want them to say her name at all. <laughs> what What if they just said like, hey, I used to know someone you, you no. guys used to hang out with. I, I want, I, them, to, I want but- them to walk by an empty desk and just say nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and there's a tombstone on the desk. No, no no, it, no, 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 there's nothing And, and there. there's no name on it. There's no
1: name there. No, there's not even a tombstone. It's just a cup that's supposed to be like an urn that has her ashes in it. But she doesn't deserve an urn. Uh,
4: flipping over to additional Star Wars news, but in comics, um, you know, people have been desperate, desperate for more content about the original trilogy. They're just not enough. So what we're getting is a great story... <laughs> about A War of the Bounty Hunters, which seeks to explore what happened with Boba Fett and Han Solo in the time that Han was frozen in carbonite to the time he was delivered uh, to Jabba. I don't really care. I do really enjoy these characters, but I'd be happy if I never fucking saw Han Solo again. Uh, What do you guys think? And also are there, again, Ryan, our resident subject matter expert, are there moments that really stick out for you or time gaps, especially in the original trilogy, that you feel like need to be filled in. Boba Fett. Boba Fett, yeah.
3: Um, Okay, how astute of you to point out that um, it's dumb. Yes, we already know that. Um, And we'll listen more of that when we review Mortal Kombat, when it comes out. With that said, um, I do think that he literally did not have lines in the trilogy movie. So maybe, I don't know, we could flesh him out quite a bit over this time period. He just makes cameos in these movies. So like in the other Star Wars comics, we sometimes see Luke Skywalker going on a mysterious mission to Tatooine where he meets Darth Vader and they fight and it, it gets a little bit outrageous. But Boba Fett didn't really fucking do that much, honestly including not speaking the entire trilogy so <laughs> so i i think there's a little bit more there but that said when you get that close to the movies it gets a little bit tricky it's it's confusing but th- there's something there they can explore
0: Brent. what if we found out that kind of like abraham lincoln or something like boba fett's voice was annoyingly high-pitched and <laughs> during this time period he just kind of like Everyone, no one wanted to hear him talk because he kind of screeched a lot.
4: Wait, does Ab- Abraham Lincoln actually have a high voice?
0: Yeah, he had a he had a very high Kentucky voice. Oh,
4: you think no, it, he was gay? You think he was gay?
0: Mm, uh, jury's uh, jury's
4: out. Okay. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, cool. he did have a pop hat. Oh no, 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 no. He, he was laying a <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, like he got throat punched um, right after uh, a new hope, and then so the entire time he was like building his voice up again. Be like, "Ah, ah, ah, ah."
0: yeah, that that could be. It will be done.
1: (laughs) So it sounds like he sounds like Mickey Mouse, is what you're saying. I'm into it. I'm into it. So moving on, um, DC Comics are going to be doing new uh, two digital series, a la Batman sixty six and Wonder Woman seventy seven called Batman 89 and Superman 78. These are set within the Michael Keaton, Tim Burton, uh, and the Christopher Reeve, Richard Donner uh, like uh, universes, respectively. I am very excited for both of these. Yes, you have to be my age to enjoy them, Brent. Um, but uh, the Batman one is uh, being written by, uh, by uh, Sam Hamm, who was the uh, screenwriter for... Um, not a a Dr. Seuss character, but the screenwriter for Batman and Batman Returns. And he's actually a pretty good comic writer himself and drawn by Joe uh, Quinones, who I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that name. And it's supposed to be taking place after Batman Returns. So it's like, you know, keeping with the uh, continuity that Burton uh, and uh, Sam Hamm created for the first two Batman films. And then Superman uh, is being written by Robert Vendetti, who's written some DC comics, including Green Lanterns. Uh, but also did Exo War for uh, Valiant, and he's actually quite a good writer. And it's supposed to be taking place between the first Superman and the second Superman movies. Um, and uh, it's where, like, Lois doesn't know that, like, Superman is Clark yet. He hasn't revealed that secret to her like he did in Superman 2. Uh, but I am super excited for these. The Batman 66 and the Wonder Woman 77 uh, digital comics are actually a lot of fun. Uh, so I know there's,
4: like, a lot of fans for these, uh, and I, I hope they're going to be successful. Adam? I think they'll totally will be, I'm a, like, I mean, ever that's, it's very, those movies are very iconic in people's minds and anyone related to comics, so I think they'll get a lot of pickup just from that, I'm definitely much more interested in Batman, I've never, was never really a fan of the Superman films, uh, but I love Tim Burton's Batman takes, and I would kind of love to see what he would do if it was like a third, and not Burton, obviously, but if it was like a third film in that kind of thinking, I, th- I think it's a smart idea to kind of set them as follow-up or in-betweens, like just filling out that movie world, I think will pay
0: a lot of dividends. Brett? Brent? As someone who uh, isn't super invested in the, the 60s Batman show or the 70s Wonder Woman show, uh, reading Batman 66 and Wonder Woman 77, I found them both very delightful because they did such a good job of distilling a lot of the TV show culture uh, at the time. Um, In a format that was like, oh yeah, this is through the lens of Wonder Woman or Batman. So those were so well done that I think that even if you aren't a lover of, you know, the Superman and Superman 2 or, you know, these Batman movies, I think you'll still find them enjoyable. Kaelin?
1: Well, uh, the Batman ones I'm definitely more interested in because I uh, was way too young for the Superman movies. I watched them a little bit later, but like I was the right age for the first Batman film. I remember like waiting in line to see it, see it. And I was so, so excited. Um, What I liked uh, like about it now as an adult is how originally like they were like, oh, this is such a departure from the campy Batman uh, show in the 60s. Uh, but it's like, no, they're fucking campy themselves. Like, lean into that. Lean into, like, how ridiculous Tim Burton, uh, uh, like, made this universe. Like, I want that. And, like, now that they have, like, kind of an unlimited budget, like, just just go nuts.
2: When you have Danny DeVito in a movie, it's campy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: You can't call it high art.
4: Correct.
1: Yes. Uh, and when you have Michelle Pfeiffer licking herself and saying, yeah. I'm feeling very naughty, uh, it's then you got damage. a
3: hit on your hand. No, you fucking, she fucking yeah, back
1: you do, flips. Bitch. she backflips.
4: She backflips out of a building, <laughs> meows, and then a building explodes behind her. Like that is the gayest, campiest shit I've ever seen in my fucking entire life, and I love
2: it. Still, my favorite so... Batman movie. By far.
4: So
1: good. I love it's, it. it. It's it's nonsense, but it works so fucking well. All right, let's move on to one of our favorite topics each week. Clark, you got you got something.
2: Watch yeah, out. It's not we we don't have much time but i do have something i not got so um i got confused by the news today there was news that um disney plus had bought the streaming rights to golden girls um, amongst other things and it turns out it's in the uk because we have hulu but anyway so over there they're going to have they're going to have the x men they're going to have avengers they're going to have Mickey Mouse, everybody, Star Wars, and then the Golden Girls all on Disney Plus together, which is <laughs> incredibly strange. And for some reason, when I looked, found this news, the only thing it kept talking about was Golden Girls. Nothing else was important. It was like the big headline <laughs> was the Golden Girls pictures. So I was like, so I wanted to go into one of my patented, like, who would be whom, but instead of being like, which which um, Golden Girl is, is Jean Grey or anything, I wanted it to be which X-Man is... Be Arthur. No, like the actual. Beast no, Arthur no. done. I mean, yeah, okay, it. it's Beast. Yeah. No. So, first, thing I'm gonna do for the um, lead X females. It's gonna be Emma, Psylocke. Excuse me. Sorry, the old ones. Emma, Polaris, Jean Grey, and Storm. There are your four. Which. Golden girl is a witch.
3: I guess you got to start with who's the whore
2: and then work your way backwards, you know?
0: I mean, <laughs> so who no, is we're
3: not slut-shaming, sh- slut but no. it's not so she's As Blanche. a whore, I'm not slut-shaming.
0: That's also Ryan's algorithm for working through an orgy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start there and work your way to the bottom.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> also, Ryan is a whore with no business sense because he never charges for it.
2: Nope. Never did, never will. So do you think Storm Storm would be like a good blanche maybe That
4: seems. i think lie. it'd be emma is oh. like oh is right definitely the blanche storm would be the Sophia because i feel like i would be like fucking idiots <laughs> but,
2: uh, So she, she's
3: matter of fact and she's yeah. not as sassy she just comes in when she needs to that's what's okay is.
2: okay
4: wait who is the fourth one uh it's
3: rose, rose. Swear, rose. it's
2: the originals and emma yeah. Well, G- Jean Grey's a known dummy, right? So she's the dummy. She's Rose, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're switching over to the original Mickey Mouse characters, Mickey Mouse males, because we're not doing we're doing Pluto in there instead. So who's the fucking ill? You know, Goofy's clearly Rose, with without yeah. A doubt. Yeah. Oh yeah. Such a
4: ridiculous combination. <laughs> <laughs> Donald, Donald is Sophia, I want to say. Oh, definitely, yeah. I, I desperately want to see. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, wait, wouldn't Dar- would would Donald be Dorothy? Because he's so... She doesn't get angry, though. Sophia gets angry. Um, uh, condoms, Rose. Is- uh, condoms, no, condoms, the real condoms. Question she is- gets angry. So, oh, Pluto's definitely Blanche. Pluto's definitely <laughs> fucking around at, in, in Disney World. He's
3: already in that position, you know?
1: <laughs> They're all Rose except for Donald, who is both, who is both Sophia and... Uh, and um, be Arthur's character.
2: I wanna see Betty White dressed as Goofy, like right <laughs> yeah. now. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That's a Disney Plus show
3: that needs to happen. You know like, what I mean? It's you can
4: already cool. hear it too. Like, he go, like, Saint Olaf, yuck.
3: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, and finally, the lead for, oh, God, Star Wars characters. So, you know, of the Millennium Falcon, the, the three leads and Chewbacca. Who's who? Which? Chewbacca. Yeah. Golden Girls, which? Yeah
1: uh dorothy chewbacca's dorothy yeah, oh, yeah. you know her. of course <laughs> yeah. uh han is blanche because he's definitely the slut yeah um oh yeah yeah luke is uh, rose. luke luke is definitely rose because mm-hmm. he's dumb farm what boy Dumb shit yeah yeah tatooine saint olaf same thing yeah and yeah leia's yeah leia sophia that's that's, surprisingly impressive. Easy.
2: that's impressive how that one that, works so well that one works
3: <laughs> phenomenally.
1: That one is- and I love them the Millennium Falcon is the Lanai. It's the Lanai
4: Falcon. <laughs> Falcon.
1: It
3: is Star Wars <laughs> off of the Golden Girls? I just don't know. Like, it's so close,
2: you know? Ugh.
1: I'm glad that we didn't do Sex and City characters this time. I'm glad we did Golden Girls.
0: Oh my well, God. I mean, that's
2: what the news was. I was very yeah. excited for the news. So you can, yeah. if you're in the UK, you can now watch the Golden Girls streaming.
0: Yeah, but which of the Golden Girls is which of the other Golden Girls? <laughs> you know, Blanche is a Rose. Rose. Well, casting
1: Rose was supposed to be Blanche, or like uh, Betty White was supposed I, yeah. to be Blanche originally. Uh, so the two so, of them,
2: de- uh, the two of them decided to change roles because they thought they were playing their to their strength too much. Because they were sometimes. both on uh, Mary Tyler Moore, or like mm-hmm. the uh, no, they like- were both on Mama's Family.
1: They were sure. also in Mama's family, but they were also in Mary Tyler Moore.
2: Sure, Ooh, both.
4: Okay. Hey, you two ancient beasts can debate this off podcast. Let's
1: get shut to-
0: up.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, Clark's such a rose to my
1: Dorothy. I'm kidding. Uh, we're Ooh, both Dorothy in our own weird. ways. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to the comics. We had actually a lot of comics this week. Three X books. Uh, three non X books. Uh, first up, Cable number eight uh, by Jerry Dugan and Phil Noto, who are the regular team. Uh, You saw the team up of uh, Domino and Cable to to find out what strife has been up to. He's been creating a bunch of young Cable clones. Uh, They go uh, hunting and uh, fighting. And uh, we, both Clark and I discussed, I think there was a typo in the book. It's when you had the infographic of the transmission between Cable and Beast, where Beast goes, I'm going to send an X-Factor. That didn't make any sense. We (laughs) think it meant X-Force. Yeah. Uh, You never
3: made a typo? Come on. You never made a my typo entire, on an email my, or text? Come on. My it like,
4: entire life is a typo. <laughs> Was it, did it like the editor auto-correct or something? Were they typing on their phone? <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, Jerry Dugan's like, uh, make it X-Force, X-Factor. Yeah, oh, yeah you that's fine.
0: <laughs> you see the, uh, at the bottom of the page, it says sent from iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> so I
1: actually really did like this issue. I'm sorry, Brent, you were about to say something?
0: Oh, no, you can go on.
1: Um, I, what I liked about this issue, even though it felt kind of slight is, um, Cable basically telling Domino that like, I got rid of my older self because I thought he made too many mistakes. And now I am worried about making the same or worse mistakes. And there was something very relatable to that because imagine if you met like the younger version of you, they saw, you know, the way that your life turned out. Um, and they're like, well, I could have done it better. Like, I, like something kind of like just clicked with me. Uh, reading that um, and it just made the whole um, saga of Cable very melancholy and this is a character I've never really loved and I've been growing to like the younger version of him not only in his book but also in X-Men also in Sword also in all the other like uh, Reign of X books but this like man it just like it just completely hit Ryan?
3: Um, I don't think they made a mistake with that by the way because if you want to dispose of a body and put it in a weird boneyard you call X-Factor for it so that does make sense a little bit, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I was just thinking, hey. like, X-Force to come and clean up shit, but...
3: No, but, they, like, uh, who likes to collect bodies? Prodigy from X-Factor. So it makes sense a little I,
4: bit. I only thought it was a typo because I thought you heard Kalen say, I'll send a X-Factor. And I was like, what? <laughs>
3: it's an X-Factor. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I also really like this issue. Um, this, uh, I was just going to comment that, like, this is, like, the first Cable series since I started reading comics like 20 years ago that I've really enjoyed. Most of them just feel a little over the top and not that great. This one does have a lot of heart to it and f- like it, it's just very engaging and I really like it.
2: Clark? I, for the first time, I thought the art really let it down. Hmm. It, it, I, I, the rock crushing other cable scene felt so stupid to me. Like, first you see, they're like, what is that, sunspot? Well, you can definitely tell it's just a fucking rock. Yeah. And then the next thing that, I don't know what, the first next one's his face, and then the next one is of his head being crushed. I just thought it was a rock hitting the top of a building nearby. I didn't, uh, it took me a while, I had to go back and be like, wait, when I saw his legs, and I was like, oh, he was killed. Wait, let me go up and try to, like, (laughs) re-diagram that in my brain, because it didn't make any fucking sense to me. It just looked terrible. Kaylin. I agree
1: yeah, I agree with Clark, like Phil Noto is a tremendous artist, but he's one of those artists that like when he spends a lot of time doing a book, you can tell. But when it's a little like when he feels a little rushed, and he's I don't think he can keep a monthly book like some other artists can. Like when you when he when he's a little rushed, like you definitely see like, mm, this could have gone a little bit better. I noticed that in some of the 10 of swords chapters, like early on, like it was great. And then when he did like, the cable issue that was, like, towards the latter end of, um, of, the, of the crossover, uh, the issue where Gorgon dies, I was like, it just felt really, really weak. All right, let's uh, move on to Marauders number 18, Jerry Dugan, Stefano Casali, and Matteo Lali. Uh, following up from the previous issue where you have Marauders, the Marauders going into Madripoor to buy up uh, Lowtown in, uh, to take it away from the Verendi. Uh, They're trying to, like, basically be good Samaritans. They open up a new hospital for famous human, Dr. Moira McTaggart. Uh, (laughs) I love the look on both uh, Charles Xavier and Magneto's face. Uh, They introduced the new Reavers, which I actually thought was clever, um, because the original Reavers were the uh, Hellfire uh, Club, um, you know, agents that were basically, like, stabbed by Wolverine during the Dark Phoenix saga, and they were, like, reformed uh, as cyborgs, and showing, like, where, like, you know, iceman uh bobby iceman uh, freezes <laughs> one of them and uh in uh in the early marauders uh one of the uh the folks from and davos that gorgon chops up and then a third one that i can't remember off the top of my head like making them into reavers i thought was super super smart Ryan, i
3: i like this issue um uh it's just funny though that uh mask is in this uh comic and and the cup uh, in this one issue, he has more characterization than Pyro and Iceman has the entire time and like the entire series. And he is like yeah. a background character, but like he has the like a revelation. Like it, it's just shocking that uh, we get these little moments. I thought I thought that those little uh, like hospital moments where he went with Callisto was very impactful and I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, he, he, he's not going to fuck people's faces up anymore. He's going to, like, get rid of left palates. That's very nice. That's gross. Yeah. And the only other, the, the only thing I'll talk about is I was confused about Emma's reaction to she just wanted to see um, Magneto and Professor Xavier squirm with the Moira McTaggart sign. I was like, what? Well, why? I mean, it, I don't <laughs> get it. Uh, they're, they're, the connectivity between Moira McTaggart and Magneto to her knowledge, is yes. There isn't much connectivity between them. You think there would be a shit ton over the sixty years? They had some stuff going on, and I think early, early days when they first ca- she captured him and like you know turned him to baby form. That was the last time they really had real stuff to do with each other. That was fifty something years ago in our time. I don't know why this is an interesting haha joke plot point that just happened there. She doesn't know about all this stuff does she do i did I uh, her? Well,
1: well that's what i'm gonna ask is we yeah. haven't seen that on scene but like does is emma playing her own game which is very on on brand with her character that she knows about moira mctaggart being in the no place that like she knows that charles and uh, magneto have this secret and she's all like right. i'm not going to reveal it but i'm gonna you know fucking poke you a little bit because ultimately this is gonna play into what I what I want because she's not gonna she's never been like I'm just a good soldier and yeah. I'm just gonna go doing this. She's got her own agenda.
2: So she does. Do you think she does or do we? It's I it think, starts to force I it that. starts to force I the would,
0: question.
3: I would like where it. is where is Moira? Me too. I mean, she can read minds and it, they could maybe be doing something that even if she just said Xavier, you would still be like, yeah. you're kind of shitty because that person died and they used to <laughs> date. Like, even if it was just Xavier. So it does make me think there's something else there, you know? What? Why is she joking with Kitty
2: about it? Why is Kitty up in this this, this joke? They're best friends now. Deal yeah. with it. Anyways, yeah. all right.
1: All right, so let's move on to X-Men Legends number one by Fabian Nicieza and Brett uh, Booth. Um, this is a flashback story uh, to the early 90s where, like, all the <laughs> characters were so extreme. And there was a character called Adam the Extreme. Um, Adam X the Extreme, excuse me. Uh, our Adam is not that extreme, um, but um, yeah, no, you're you're lovely. Uh, but it is uh, supposed to deal with a long simmering plotline. Rumors flying about about the third Summers brother of uh, Adam X actually playing that role. Uh, it is revealed at the end of the first issue with uh, Corsair, who, who is of course the father of both uh, Cyclops and Havoc, who are, who are the the main features of this book, saying that this is your third brother. Um, It was confidently written and I didn't mind the art here, even though I don't like Brett Booth as a person as much as I I, I minded it on X-Men number 18 a few weeks ago, but I'm finding, I'm trying to find a reason
4: to care. Adam? I think it'll be interesting to see what other storylines they continue to fill in. I thought the art works. The guy's an asshole, but I thought the art worked because it is a 90s storyline. So it seems much more fitting versus when he's like in now, like contemporary times. Um, yeah, I didn't have a major issue with it either, but I also didn't care much. And Adam X is the stupidest fucking character design I've ever seen. So if they are going to do something with him in the future, not just toss him in an X-Factor Mojo Mojoverse, they, he really needs a complete redesign and, and reboot. I think this is giving him his character work, which is cool. I like that. I want to just see. I just, just still don't really care. And I just find Eric <laughs> Red very hot are
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I don't really know if i cared all that much or, or i just know that i think i need to find a yeah. reason to because they're going to be using this not to really spoil anything because i don't really know anything but the issues three and four of this series are going to be x factor centric right before right. um the original x factor 43 so it's all dealing with yeah. um young baby baby uh cable so, we're just this is definitely building a lot of summer stuff going on that we're gonna have a big, huge summer story, and they're gonna bring all this stuff in. And of course, Adam Extreme isn't a Summers at all. Yeah, he's yeah, a, he's a whatever the fuck their mother's last name is.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very attracted to Crystal Claw, and we can move on with that. That's it. Uh, fair enough. Uh, all right, moving on to the non X books. We had K and Black number four by Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman, it is the penultimate issue. Uh, where we see Dylan from a different perspective uh, pulling all the heroes out of Null's hive. Um, Jean Grey and some of the other X characters um, are uh, like brought into the fray. You see that Jean is actually the voice in Dylan's head helping him out. Um, Doctor Strange uh, reveals that he's got Thor-esque powers, which was actually in the Donny Cates run of Doctor Strange, which is actually pretty good. If you haven't read it, you just should definitely check it out. And then a deus ex machina is introduced that there is a god of light out there trying to make his way into Earth. And, oh, it turns out it's Captain Universe and he's chosen his new host, Eddie Brock. Thoughts?
2: I'm very excited with this. I I didn't realize I was going to get a hell yeah Jean Grey moment because I don't really care about Jean Grey, but I got a hell yeah Jean Grey moment there. I was very surprised (laughs) with both the book and myself. Um, And I do love something that's retroactively, like, not created but like you know blended together so now like we know what the fuck captain universe is and then the enigma force and everything it's i i like having all this nebulous shit that we don't know because you know people kind of get rid of just forget about writing about stuff and then someone else comes along and is like all right this is what the fuck those people were trying to do 25 years ago so i was i, I think that's my favorite issue of the series so far all um, right
1: i no you go go on, right. what you're gonna say no, I was gonna say, I, like, this is one of the times I would disagree with Clark because I'm kind of just over this. Like, um, it definitely had some fine moments. It's just like I feel Kate's it's is is a better writer than this. It just felt very paint by numbers. It felt like, oh, this is now the climax of the book. We've introduced Deus ex machina here. I'm like that, like that's never been talked about from you know at least that I can remember in any of of, of his stuff, whether it be Silver Silver, Black or Venom or anything like that, he's written as, as like, a a lead into it, but...
2: They talked about it in that Wraith one-shot.
1: Which I barely remember, so I guess I need to reread that, yeah.
2: Fucking read it. (laughs) I'll reread it then, bitch! I I sort of liked
3: the idea of all of these characters, these heroes, because over the years, they've definitely interacted a lot. Them actually pairing up, and, like, Storm and Thor working together. That was cool. Obviously, Jean Grey working with the Avengers. Like, I thought that was kind of cool That. That dynamic, which you don't too too often see, and so many years the X Men were so far from the Avengers, it's nice to see them all intermingled a little bit. For me personally, I, I
2: like this issue. Made me decide I'd rather see him on Avengers. This seems yeah. much. Yeah, it's a good point. I think Kevin. he'd be.
1: Yeah, I think like once Jason Aaron leaves Avengers, um, like in the same way that he left for Donny K should He's take over.
2: Take over so, all his jobs. Well, <laughs>
1: speaking of which, Thor number twelve, Donny Qua- uh, Donny Cates and Nick Klein, the regular team. It is the continuing storyline of uh, Donald Blake going uh, buck uh, like just completely, you know, crazy on uh, what's happening on Earth. Uh, we they bring back one of my favorite characters, Frog, Frog! And, yes! and his his uh, willing partner Lockjaw. Um, what an amazing fight scene! Just like. Like, uh, (laughs) frog coming out of Donald Blake's mouth. Like, I'm like, I want that panel and I want it framed and I want it like all over my house. It was so fucking great. But, uh, Adam, why don't you talk about your lust for Daddy Odin uh, hanging out at the bar? Uh, Yeah,
4: last panel of that fucking book, I did need to take a break because I was breathing so hard. Um,
1: (laughs) it was the end.
3: That's because you get exhausted reading, but it (laughs) continued.
4: you really need to exercise more
1: adam I swear yeah to God.
4: right i know that's my physical fitness is turning pages on a digital phone <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, time to get some protein uh
4: yeah. i do i do like that return i think it'll be interesting to see what happens um but yeah no i, I still love this storyline i'm looking to see it kind of wrap up and see what happens next um but just donald blake is just such a well i get evil donald blake just such a fucking cool evil character i love it and i what a great like and in terms of what you're just talking about the balance of like writing and quality like thor is super strong still and just this the fact that you could take a frog god and lockjaw fighting donald blake but having very like seemingly high stakes while also making it interesting and funny like just everything works and i just really great issue and great little like Mini series of this uh, overall run. Like I thought, I thought the whole storyline is very fun.
2: Bart, I love how much they continue to legitimize the Pet Avengers mini series. Yeah. That was bizarre <laughs> as fuck, and it was just all their all their um pets actually speaking. So we actually had Lockjaw, Lockjaw talking this when we. That's not a thing that would happen in a regular comic. I despise um, Valkyrie's horse so much. Oh, <laughs> holy <piece of> shit. <laughs> I don't like Tories either, horse, but I don't like you either, you piece of shit. Do you
3: horse. you're the real horse correspondent on this podcast, I would <laughs> <say. And I'm- laughs>
2: What was that sound? That was more of a horse sound. <laughs> that, I yeah, I actually, never <laughs> mind. Adam just slapped you. Yeah, well, Adam well, just slapped you. Clark, as report.
4: reports, Clark just reports. Clark reports on me laughing. Is how this podcast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Ryan, Ryan, you're our whore correspondent, and Clark's our horse correspondent, <laughs> <laughs> so that works out really well. So, our last book of the week is Guardians number eleven by Al Ewing and Juan Cabal. A beautiful looking book because Juan Cabal is one of my favorite yeah. artists. It is the penultimate um, issue of the Guardians versus the Olympians, which basically started off this book uh, a little less, well, actually a little over a year ago. Um, and you had a heartfelt reunion uh, be- between Richard Ryder and Star-Lord, which I really dug. And Adam, you must have been geeking out over the flashback for Annihilation uh, because I know that's like one of your favorite storylines. Yes. Uh, I like this a lot, but I'm actually really, really even more excited about the new status quo uh-huh. that's going to happen on number 13, which we've talked about in recent podcasts. Clark
2: um richard Ryder to me in my head feels like he should like he's a lame character who's just kind of and there but every time they do him right i fucking love him yeah and this uh, it, uh ewing l ewing has done him so well in this series and I, just i don't know i felt like i wanted to root the hell for him yeah. immediately as soon as i saw him at the beginning of this issue i'm very excited what they're doing with him i loved annihilation clearly and I like them going back to that horrible planet where everybody died. It's just like such a chilling, depressing place where you just want to throw up just thinking yeah. about it. It was really well For sure. done. For sure. Honestly, the Guardian, the whole plotline of these Dark Gods
4: themselves, I'm not super <laughs> buying slash interested, but they've done such good character dynamic work and stuff like that. It's a fun journey. The past couple of like this plot, like these issues that have created this plot. I think, still work. I'm just sort of like, okay, I guess.
1: <laughs> so the last page had a character that was shirtless, and I'm trying to figure out who that is. Prince is that of supposed Power. to be Hercules?
2: Oh, it's, it's Hercules? Prince of Power. No, there was someone else called Prince oh, of Power. Oh, no, the guy
4: with, like, the giant arm,
2: like, the weapon, right? right? Yeah. When, uh, when they had, like, the two teams, she got, like, a mirror yes. team, basically. They just got some dumb blonde schmo bag to be their version of Hercules. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I was super
4: pissed that the rabbit person was not still on the team, and she was <laughs> like, oh, he's away somewhere. I was like, no! <laughs>
1: Bucky
2: is busy.
1: Yep, there you go. Well, that's been our comics this week. We had quite a few, uh, but Brent, I'm going to turn it over to you to close us out.
0: All right, you can find us on Twitter at Homeless Superior X, Instagram at Homeless Superior Podcast, and obviously not on Facebook because it's terrible. We've been home Superior, the only place still searching for a non-white lead. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Bye. Bye. Bye.